Boston College will face off with Louisville on Saturday. On today's show, we are joined by Matt McGavick of SI's Louisville Report, who will talk to us all about the Cardinals and what Boston College fans can expect. All of this and more on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. Thank you all for following along and listening to our show. If this is your first time, I want to welcome you. If you are a longtime listener, I want to thank you. On today's show, we're going to dive into the Louisville Cardinals. We're going to get a little bit more information from Matt McGavick, who's joining me right now. Um, He's going to give us all the info that you need to know going into Saturday's game. Matt, how's it going? It's going well, my man. It's always nice to talk shop with you. And it's going to be an interesting game this week, and I'll say that much. Yeah, I mean, you know, last year it was it was a it was one of those weird games. I mean, every game last year just seemed weird, uh, but that was the game. Jakovic got knocked out and Dennis Grossell came in and threw two touchdown passes. But Malik Cunningham, it felt one almost one and then proceeded to lose that game for the Cardinals. That being said, you know, we talked a lot last year and you, you know, you made it very clear that I mean, you look at the stats turnovers were a huge issue last year for the Cardinals, but it seems like that's been a thing of the past this year. How, how, how have you seen them improving so far, Matt? Well, at least in the turnover department, things have been a lot more crisp. I think Malik only has two interceptions on the season up to this point. And I think maybe four or five lost fumbles uh, overall by all the ball carriers, but compared to last season, it's, radically um, different than what it was. They're doing a much better job of uh, holding on to the football. Malik's been much better with his reads that he made a concerted effort over the off season to become more so of a pocket passer and just do a better job of going through his reads and progressions, kind of trusting his offensive line, staying in the pocket and just making those downfield throws. And it's funny. I say that because through the first half of the season, he's been, he's looked the most decisive, and electric as a runner that he's ever he's ever been and he's he's always been known as kind of a dual threat guy someone who can throw it and, but pull it and run if he can or if he has to but this season he i can't remember the last time that i watched a Louisville quarterback run this well not named lamar jackson like if you take it's weird because if you take lamar jackson out of the equation malik cunningham is slowly like rising up the ranks in terms of I don't want to say overall quarterback greatness at Louisville because there's a lot of great signal callers that have came through Louisville, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Stephon LaFour, Brian Brom, you know, the list goes on. But I think when everything's said and done, Malik Cunningham is making a case that he can be one of the probably one of the more underrated uh, signal callers in Louisville history. And Jeff Halfley was uh, effusive in his praise of of, of um, Cunningham today. You know, he said that if Louisville had played better, he would be in the talk for ACC MVP of the seat of the year, just the way he plays. And, you know, I think Halfley really laid out how dangerous he can be because he can beat you with his arm. If you're blitzing too hard, he can run it with the, run it through, you know, the, the, the gaps in the coverage. So uh, Malik Cunningham is definitely a name to watch for now, again, with the offense, what I look, when I look at the, 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 the offense, I did a little preview of it the other day. And, you know, you lost some of your older guys, like some of the, the veterans, Javian Hawkins, you know, you had a couple of wide receivers end up in the, you know, Tutu Atwell, they all ended up in the pros. 
there's a lot of young talent, I think, at, at your at your weapon with your you know weapons. Can you talk a little bit about some of the weapons that um, Lee Cunningham has? Because I'm looking at him and I'm like, you know, there's no like superstar, but there's just good talent. It seems like all up and down that offense. Yeah, no, that was one of the main storylines heading into the season. I mean, they lost Javion Hawkins to the NFL. They lost their number one and number two guys in Tutu Atwell and Des Fitzpatrick. And among other storylines, such as, you know, getting rid of turnovers, who is going to become the standout or go-to guy among the offensive skill position players? Because, I mean, there were a bunch of guys who could. There were a bunch of guys who had a ton of potential, but the, the main question was who who's going to step up? And oddly enough, no one really has, but it, it over the first couple of games, let me backtrack a little bit. Over the first couple of games, it was quite obvious that this was a young core. This, this was a core that hadn't really built a huge repertoire with Cunningham against Ole Miss. And even to an extent against Eastern Kentucky a little bit, it was obvious that, you know, these a lot of these inexperienced guys weren't used to be, be being thrust into this position of having more PT and more reps and things of that nature. And they were struggling to create separation. They were, they're struggling with their Christmas and routes and releases, you know, things like that. But I think around the UCF game and then going forwards, Florida state, wake forest, Virginia, the guys collectively have started to really click and, And that comes with, you know, not one guy really separating from the pack. If there's anyone who's quote unquote separating from the pack, it'd be tight end Marshawn four, but we already knew that he was a great asset. Anyway, he's been that way for three years now, but Jordan Watkins is is stepping up. He's becoming a reliable guy. Amari Huggins, Bruce, his potential later on down the line, he's a true freshman, but he, he, he's one of the more agile receivers I've come seen come through Louisville in recent memory. Justin Marshall after, Having a very disappointing year last year, he's starting to uh, put things together. And Tyler Harrell, he he might be someone to watch out for because he was someone who had a ton of hype coming into the season, kind of struggled to get things going the first two, three games. But over the last three games, Malik Cunningham has been targeting him two or three times a game for one of those deep balls. And we heard going into the season that he had four, two type speed. And, I was going to say, you know, he's the he, one you mentioned to me is with speed, isn't he? Yeah, that would seem. And of course, when you hear a statement like that, you you automatically think, okay, that that's probably coach speak to an extent. But uh, after seeing seeing some of the uh, plays that Cunningham was connected with him on, I truthfully don't think that was coach speak. I don't know if he's running a four one nine like his hand timed forty yard dash time was, but he he's got some wheels. Now he he had a a connect a 91 yard reception right off the bat against Virginia. And he almost had another one in the second half. And that's kind of been a, been a bugaboo of his is actually, you know, holding onto the football, but he's and some of his other intangibles, like creating separation is something he's still trying to work on, but he's got the wheels that that's, he can just run by people and that's all the separation he needs. It's just a matter of putting it all together and being more consistent. Truthfully, the entire offensive skill position platoon needs to be a little bit more consistent, but Overall, it's it's a solid group. I mean, Louisville's averaging over 32 points per game. They are, you know, their offense is holding it on, and they have to based on their defense. In a moment, Matt and I are going to talk about their defense, which has been a bit of an issue for the for the Cardinals, um, and we'll get into why that's been a problem for Louisville. But first, let me tell you about Sweatblock. Sweatblock is a antiperspirant wipe that you got to check out. I want to tell you a quick story about uh, a famous person who's actually tried it out. Straight out of Hollywood, this Hollywood producer is working on a set of the Marvel movies. 
and was working 18-hour days for weeks in the Atlanta heat. She heard about Sweatblock, started trying it, and loves it. No more sweaty production days. She even reports that one of the A-list actors uses it as well. Maybe the green guy, maybe the guy that wears the suit, we don't know. Stay dry on the set and on the red carpet. Now, if you try Lock, if you're a Lockdown listener and you want to try it, it's going to stop excessive sweat for up to seven days per use. I use it. It keeps me dry all the time. Doctor created, doctor recommended, and it has a dry shirt guarantee. If sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you will get your money back. And it's not just for your armpits. It's for your chest, back, feet, hands. Use it anywhere. And I mean anywhere. <clears throat> and that sweat, you're going to be able to make sure it is gone. So get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code locked on or at Amazon and CBS. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black here. I'm here with Matt McGavick of Louisville Report. He's also the uh, podcast host of From the Pink Seats, which is a Louisville podcast. You'll be able to check me out. I will be on that show, uh, which will be released later this week, I think, right? Yeah, we'll get it ideally on Thursday at the very latest, late Thursday, Friday morning. So, yeah, if you want to check out more AJ talk, because some people do, um, I, <laughs> the ever-knowing AJ, is someone just called me on the boards, uh, or no, the all-knowing AJ. Um, I'm there we sure. go. There we go. So we're talking about the defense. Let's talk about the defense, because I think this is an issue that could be a, a, um, a factor heading into this game. Because Boston College, they've lost two games in a row, but when you look at the grand scheme of things, they lost to Brent Venable's defense. No, no matter how bad Clemson's offense is, that defense is always legit. And they lost to NC state who has a very good defense as well. Louisville they're they've averaged over 30 points a game, uh, allowing 30 points a game. And they have one of the league's worst passing defense, Matt, what's going on with the defense? Uh, man, I'll tell you what, heading into the season, a lot of a lot of people in the local media here thought that defense was going to be the strength of this team. And truthfully, we had every right to maybe think so because there were so many question marks on the offensive side. And then uh, the defense last year statistically had a top three, maybe top five defense in the ACC. So we thought, you know, even with all the moving pieces that we had, uh, especially in the secondary, that, you know, Louisville was still going to be able to put forth maybe not as good a defense as they had, but, you know, a top half statistical type defense. And well, as you mentioned, that's not been the case. Um, and there, there's a lot of issues that blame the defensive line, even, even in the third season under defensive coordinator, Brian Brown and D line coach, Mark Ivy, it's, it's just simply not getting the push that it needs. And, and, and a lot of that is schematics. A lot of that is players because, I think Louisville plays a slightly undersized defense and what defensive line than what they would like to have at this point. And schematic wise, especially in the last two games and late game against both Wake Forest and Virginia, they've been opting for a three man rush while they drop eight guys back in coverage. And, you know, the thought process there is that you're hoping someone will be able to break through. And then if, if not, there's still eight guys drop back in coverage, you get the rationale there, but they're, they're, a, simply not getting in the backfield as often as they need to. And even when they drop guys back in coverage, when they've got eight guys, sure, not all eight guys are dropped back in the secondary. You've got some linebackers down the flats and over the middle and things like that. But they're just not playing fundamentally sound defense. Guys are having MAs. Guys are taking poor uh, angles, not wrapping up on tackles. It's it's. I, it's it's hard to wrap my mind around how this defense got here because we thought it was going to be, you know, the strength of the defense and especially in the secondary. It's odd because when you look at all the guys individually, it, it's you wouldn't think it would add up to this because 
Keetro Clark right. is m- might not be pl- the last couple of games. He's kind of struggled a little bit, but he's still playing like he could be, you know, third team, second team, all ACC. I, I, I'm not sure he's in the running for first team now. De- I mean, depending on what kind he's of preseason half he has now, right? Yeah, he was preseason. I'm pretty sure. If yep. not, he was an honorable mention. But anyways, he he still could be have a really good rebound in the second half. Yep. Um, the safe, the new safety uh, safety duo, Kenderick Duncan and Quinterio Cole. Louisville replaced both their safeties from last year. Rush East and Isaiah Hayes are out, and now in comes these guys. Can Derek Duncan, the, the coaches were really high on. Quinterio Cole was a later addition that, you know, guys weren't as high on, but, you know, you saw potential there. And they've played streaky. They've had moments where they're, they're really firing, and then they've had some moments where they have incredible lapses, whether that be in coverage or tackling, tackling down the box. And then Greedy Vance, kind of the nickelback, he's played all right. Chandler Jones, I mean – He's been taking reps both at cornerback and safety. That that experiment there, because he played all just cornerback throughout his collegiate clear up, career up to this point. Now he's been kind of uh, going doing double duty between there. Then they've been trying to create more versatility amongst the entire defense. That's been a theme of theirs. When you look at these things individually, you would think that it should come together to at least produce an average secondary or an average defense Mm -hmm. but it's just not coming together now there are a couple of factors at play here there's a starting weak side linebacker Monty Montgomery he was lost after the UCF game after suffering a torn ACL and he was the leading sack getter tackle for loss getter last season and he was pretty much just exclusively a third down blitzer and he was still the team leader in sacks. So losing him was a tremendous loss. You're having to fill in guys like true freshman Jalen Alderman, who had that pick six to win the game against UCF, Dorian Jones, KJ Cloyd, guys who who have been in the system for a year. Those two guys that managed who have been in the system for a year, but you know, don't have a ton of reps because they've relied guys like Monty Montgomery and guys like CJ Avery, who's a fifth-year linebacker who's led the team in tackles at least the past two years, maybe the past three years. I'm not hundred percent sure on there, but he, he has kind of struggled a bit at times too. But now that being said, and also nose tackle, Yaya, not nose tackle, defensive and Yaya Diaby. He's quite frankly, he's been a tremendous disappointment. He actually said before the season that he kind of projected a goal of 10 sacks this season. <laughs> and through the first half of the season, he's got one. Now, the first two games, he, uh, the staff said he was battling a back injury. So for a defensive lineman, it's kind of hard to be productive right. there. Yep. But even when healthy, he's not been all that impactful. And when, whenever the, the coaching staff is scheming up the, kind of the three-down lineman and dropping eight into coverage, Louisville needs their D-line to be disruptive, and they simply haven't. Right. So I think that's something Boston College fans need to like think about because um, you know they have talent. And I think that's – you know. Going into the NC State game, I had predicted there was going to be a slog, and it was until the third quarter when all the wheels fell off and everything just fell apart. But I think against Louisville, it's going to be interesting to see because you have a Louisville offense that can do a lot of things. You have defense that really is struggling against a BC offense that's looking to figure things out. It might be a chance um, for that to happen. I saw that uh, Bill Connolly's SP Plus has Louisville winning 33-32. So exciting, big scoring game. So it could happen. I just in, in in a moment I'm gonna just I'm gonna you know go a little bit off the script with Matt and ask some really random questions about Louisville, uh, Lamar Jackson basketball and breweries. I want to hear more about what he has to think about that. Uh, but before we do that, let me tell you about Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business. 
that has been serving auto parts customers for over 20 years. Why spend 30, 50, 70, or even 100% more at those local chains when you can go to rockauto.com and save? They have everything. It's a family business. They got everything you want. So if you want brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, or even new carpet, just check out their easy to use website, put in your make and model, boom, you'll find what you need. And when you head over to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, make sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. We're back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline.ag remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive it. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 21 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. It's BetOnline, where the game starts. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black. We're here to t- with Matt McGavick. We're talking Louisville. We talked about the offense. We've got a good overview of the defense. And I hope that if you're listening, you're getting a good feel of what the Cardinals are doing because I think Matt did an excellent job those first two segments to talk about that. Now, I'm going to go off the script a little bit, and then we'll get into our predictions at the end. Matt, so Lamar Jackson, he's getting his number retired. Um, I remember back in the days um, – his first trip to Chestnut Hill. I was a fan back then. I was sitting in the audience uh, stands with my friends and we had a few, you know, we tailgated before we were all good. And I I have seen BC get smashed before. I have never (laughs) seen what he did to Boston college in that game. Like it was by that point, by halftime, I was like, okay, we're going to the bars. We're gone Um, because he was incredible. He just absolutely shredded BC. What is your favorite Lamar Jackson moment? Oh man, there's whew, there's none of them. I'm I'm gonna go with the first one that comes to mind just because it's one of my favorite experiences being from the Louisville area, having gone to the University of Louisville, and you know being being a fan. Because my final year at the University of Louisville graduating was actually his Heisman year. So and I had season tickets and I went to every home game because you know that was the hottest ticket in town. When you when you want seeing something like that unfold day in week in and week out that that was must see tv and my my favorite experience with lamar jackson was that florida state game that when it was the number two seminoles coming to louisville louisville had just trounced syracuse he had the lamar leap which some still viewed as his like quote-unquote early heisman moment so you know college game day was there i think that i was up at like two in the morning starting to tailgate <laughs> that's probably the earliest i've ever tailgated for a game but and we i've seen a lot of louisville games where louisville gets out to big leads and they just quite frankly piss them away i mean they did that two weeks ago against virginia they exploded out to a commanding lead at halftime but in the back of my mind i'm thinking i've seen this song and dance before something's going to happen in that second half and then Lamar and company just continue to just put their foot on their throats and just snuff them out. I've never, and this was the number two team in the country. I've never seen 
any sort of dominating performance like that live. I can't think of any other sport that comes close, whether it be college football, basketball, baseball. That's got to be the most dominating performance by one team I've ever seen. And to this to this day, that that remains the one and only time I've ever gotten to rush the field. So that <laughs> holds a special place in my part. <laughs> so I have to say, and I was on with um, another Louisville po- podcast earlier, and I said the same thing, and I'll say here. Lamar Jackson is the best college football player I have ever seen. And like just athlete wise, the way he played the game. And I don't want to say he's just an athlete because that's demeaning what he does. Like the most impressive player. And, you know, I'm a little bit older, so I could say Mike Vick was up there too, because he did some crazy things too. But like in terms of like overall, what he was able to do between the game, I saw him against BC when he just, you know, like, basically eviscerated BC by halftime to the battle he had with AJ Dillon the next year where BC won, but AJ Dillon ran for like what, 250 yards or something crazy Mm -hmm. like that. Um, I still remember that AJ Dillon truck stick. That was, (laughs) that was insane. I I don't think I've ever seen, I've never seen a DB get punished that badly until I saw Derrick Henry truck stick Josh Norman last year. Oh yeah. Um, and, and I'm so, you know, just as a BC fan, I'm so happy to see that he's starting to find some success in the NFL. Like he's starting to find it with the green Bay Packers and it's good to see. So go, going on, let's, let's move on. I got some more questions <laughs> about Louisville for you. Basketball. What is your expectations for, I, this is like, as we've talked before, Matt and I talk all the time on chat. Um, what is your expectations for Louisville basketball this year? That, this is a very odd team. This team has a ton of depth. It has a ton of versatility, whether that be in the backcourt, on the wings, in the front court. Now, they've had a couple injuries early on, but one of them was actually announced today, but shouldn't be that, that long. Another was for a true freshman. So they're not as having as bad of injury luck as they had last preseason where they lost two of their co, two of their three co-captains last preseason. So they're, they're not having the injury bug bite them that hard. But I say that all, all that to say Louisville has a ton of guys who can be good to really good the interesting thing to see will be who will take that step who will be the one two three guys will take that step to be the more reliable like great guys there's a lot of guys like for Jalen Withers last year he was having to play kind of out of position at the five because Malik Williams was hurt his natural position is, is at the four He's because he's six eight, but he plays a lot at the perimeter. He can shoot the jumper. He can play in the mid range. He can drive. He can dunk. He's, I mean, he can dunk. He didn't do it much last year. And that's been a focal point over the offseason. Chris Max trying to drill it into his head to be more aggressive. But there's guys like him. There's guys like Juco transfer guard L. Ellis. I've sat in on a couple of practices and he looks phenomenal. I hate to even bring up this comparison, but I'm going to do it anyways he kind of reminds me of Russ Smith a little bit because when he's, when he's on, he can be tremendous. He's wild and crazy athletic and maybe a little bit reckless at times, which is why I kind of draw the Russ Smith comparisons there. And then there's another guy like Samuel Williamson, who's his third, one of the older guys is his third year in the system. He's been a really crucial guy on, on the wing. And I think the last six games of the season, he turned things on down the stretch and he, he averaged a double double during that, that stretch but i i think this this is a top 25 team for sure this team has potential to be a top 10 team 
someone to challenge maybe getting to a final four, but the team also has the potential to maybe kind of be where they were last year and kind of be on the bubble. It really depends on how things shake out. I think it greatly favors them having, you know, a top 25, maybe a top 15 caliber year. I don't really expect things, things to go South like they did last year, because there were a lot of factors that played into that just because they had so many COVID pauses on and off. Mm -hmm. I mean, hell, if they win just one, one more game during the tournament, and they had a couple kind of gimme games canceled. They had several ACC contests postponed. So I think they'll be fine in getting back to the tournament. All right. But I'm, I'm curious to see how far they can go. So um, really quick question before we get into it. I'm not, I don't do predictions because it's not my thing. Um, but I, I, I'll have a sort of different question. We're talking, I love breweries. Uh, you know, Massachusetts is my thing. I love craft beer. Um, it's my deal. What, what, if you were to recommend for a Boston college fan that's heading to Louisville, what's the one brewery that they should head to in, in the area? There's a lot of, (laughs) well, there's a lot of breweries. There's a lot of distilleries because, you know, I I live in Kentucky and there's more bourbon barrels than people here. And I'm not joking either. That's actually true. There's, there's more bourbon barrels than people that live in the state of Kentucky. Um, but I this one that kind of comes to mind just because it's a few blocks away from me, but against the grain, it's a it's a brewery slash restaurant that's actually housed right into Louisville Slugger Field, the stadium where the Louisville Bats play. It's a good restaurant. It's a really great brewery. They've they've always got some nice selections rotating on tap. I haven't been there in a while, not since things have started to open up. Yep. But I mean, I don't really go out that often much now anyways because i'm so busy you know covering louisville but that that's the first one that comes to mind against the green downtown at louisville slugger field awesome all right so two more questions uh boston college will beat louisville if they do what if they take advantage of third down because the last couple games louisville has been just frankly a abysmal on third down. I think I, I looked at it earlier today and between third down and fourth downs, Louisville has allowed, I believe 22 combined to both Wake Forest and Virginia. If they can have sustained drives, tire that defense out because that's been something that they've struggled the last couple of games is staying on the field too long and not getting off and, you know, saving themselves for down the stretch. If BC can, put themselves in the position where they can end drives and field goals, not punt, or even in those field goals and, and turn them into touchdowns. I think they can win the game maybe even easily. And Louisville will win the game. If they do what play a consistent freaking football game. Cause <laughs> I think there, I swear there, this has been one of the more Jekyll and Hyde Louisville teams I've ever witnessed slash covered slash whatever insert adjective here. There have been times where Louisville looks like they can beat anyone except maybe Georgia because no one can beat Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first half against Florida State, they raced out to a 30-7 to lead. They scored 20 unanswered points in the third quarter alone against Virginia. That's good Louisville. Bad Louisville is the fourth quarter of the Virginia game that was just played where they entered the fourth quarter with a 17-point lead and lost by one mm-hmm. bad Louisville is allowing Florida state to slowly creep in back to the game over the course of the second half. And the only reason they come out with a victory is because Keisha Clark gets a game saving interception in the final minute. There has not been a single game where Louisville plays consistent football from quarter to quarter, or even half to half, not even against Eastern Kentucky, which is an FCS school. 
So that should tell you how up and down this team has been. But if Louisville can finally get things together, not even be perfect or even great, just good throughout the entire game, I think that will give Louisville their best chance to win. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Matt. So, Matt, where can people find you on social media? They can find me on Twitter at Matt underscore McGavick. They can find my site at Louisville. Oh, God, what is it? Louisville at on SI. Good God, I don't know why. Louisville brain report. Froze right look up Louisville yeah, report. Just look, look up Louisville report. You'll find me there. <laughs> and what's your podcast? Podcast is From the Pink Seats. You can find that on Twitter at, at Pink Seats Pod. You can find me and my, my co-host, David, uh, Good Lord. Jacob Lane at Jacob Lane 08. We record multiple episodes sometimes in a week. I know we've already recorded recorded one earlier this week, and we were going to try and record two more this week. But, you know, time constraints and whatnot. We're all adults here. Yep. All right. So thank you, Matt. This is AJ Black. You can follow me on Twitter at AJ Black underscore BC on tomorrow's show. We'll be joined by Eric Hofsis, who will give us his predictions on BC and Louisville. We'll talk all about the game. We'll get ourselves prepped for Saturday's uh, matchup. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you all again soon. Take care, everyone.